Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next episode. Today, we are going to be talking about Facebook ads. Should I boost or should I use Ads Manager? This is a really good question, I think, because I, I don't really understand the difference between them. I, I know that you can boost posts, and I know that I've done quite a bit of work with kind of on the Google Ads side and the Ads Manager, um, mostly from creating very kind of niche campaigns or targeting specific people, and I've never done it that, that well, to be honest with you. So I'd really like to hear from you what the difference between the two is in, in quite clear terms and, and the use cases maybe for both of them. Sure. Well, the, the first thing, well, yeah, the first thing I think to bear in mind is that Facebook and Instagram are the same platform when it comes to ads and managing ads and boost. So because Facebook and Instagram obviously are the same company, they've mm-hmm. combined the ads platform together in Business Manager. So when we talk about Facebook, we also include Instagram. And when I talk about Instagram, I also mean Facebook because they are essentially the same thing. That also includes Messenger, which is another Facebook app. Um, And they also own WhatsApp, but obviously you can't advertise in WhatsApp at the moment until they just turn the logo blue and it becomes Messenger. But don't want to reveal Facebook's master plan too early on. Um, (laughs) So if you've posted on Facebook or Instagram, you've probably seen that they entice you to boost your post. And that's something we see quite a lot of small businesses being lured into doing because when you first start doing it, it is quite cost effective. And essentially what the boost is doing is it's going out to people it thinks might like your post and putting it in their feeds and timeline and, well, seeing what happens essentially. So for most businesses, this can seem like quite a good idea because it gets your post out there, it gets your brand out there, you get more views, you get more likes, and it's it's mainly about boosting those vanity metrics for a lot of businesses. Right. Compare that to ads, which is where you essentially put posts into people's timelines, feeds, stories, messenger. You can be a lot more specific about where those messages go. So if you've got a message that's particularly suited to Instagram stories, you can only put it on stories. Or if you've got something that fits really well in Messenger, you can put it just in Messenger. Or you can just put it everywhere. But you you get to decide. Whereas with Boost, it puts it everywhere and sees what happens. So you don't get to decide. You essentially give Facebook a little bit of money, they give you some vanity metrics. That essentially seems to be the, 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 the kind of balance there. So would the benefit of the ad side be that you can kind of have more clear call to actions? So you, you mentioned there with kind of the Instagram um, stories, you might want to have a, a campaign that is built around that, that Instagram stories and that you kind of have a landing page that's more, I don't know, maybe more kind of inclined to Instagram than it is to, to Facebook, which might be a more a slightly different kind of experience or outcome that you're trying to go for. Yeah, exactly. I think you can, um, when you when you boost an ad, you can add a call to action. So for example, if you want someone to go to your website to sign up, or you want someone to make a purchase, it adds a button, which is the call to action. Now mm. in an ad, you get to set that and you get to set exactly where it goes. So specifically for e-commerce, you get to choose shop now and you get to choose exactly which product page it lands on or a category Fine. or even just the homepage, it's up to you. And you know, you can do lots of clever things. But if you're just looking at maybe you do one post with a photo of a product, unless yeah. you put that link in to that specific product when you write that post, you can't go back and edit that URL. It locks it in once people have um, started to comment and post on it. And this is just right, to stop okay. fake news and stuff. It's actually a really good idea. They've done it because it stops people 
like building up posts with millions of interactions and then swapping it to fake news, which is what people were doing. So once right, you've okay. posted stuff, there are restrictions on what you can edit or you just have to retract, re retract the whole post. Um, and specifically, once you've boosted it, it pretty much locks the whole ad now to stop people flipping ads into nasty things that, and selling them on to political organisations and all this <laughs> dodgy stuff that was going on um, uh, uh, last year. Just last oh, year. Oh, oh, yeah, last year. Just last year. Damn yeah, it. Months ago in some cases. And, okay. you know, anyway, that aside, I think... Uh, from a small business point of view, if you're in it for brand awareness and you just want to get your name out there and you don't have much time, but you've got 50 to 100 pounds, then boosting posts it is going to get your name out there. The key, though, is that you need to have a call to action in there. You need to have a signpost at the end of that ad to tell people what to do, because quite often I see sponsored posts and it's just an update about, you know, oh, we've got a new van or yeah, whatever. Okay. And you're just like, well, that's great. But was that really worth 30 quid, you know? Did you actually yeah. get, you know, brilliant, woohoo, van, like. But likes likes aren't pounds in the bank, are they? So, Yeah, okay. Yeah, I guess that's the sort of, that's how you would, I guess, work out which is most relevant for you. And so uh, from what I'm kind of hearing, I imagine that most of the time you'd recommend to go down that kind of ads route where it's a bit more crafted, a bit more curated, um, and the boost post is perhaps not... It's still valuable and useful, but only in very limited circumstances. Yeah, I would say it's worth getting the ads set up and particularly getting ads manager up and running because then you can create an audience of people. And once you've got that audience of people, you can actually then boost posts to that audience. So, for example, you could make a good, okay. nice audience of customers you want to attract and you could show them some ads. And if you had a post on your Facebook page or an Instagram post that's performing particularly well, that would be a perfect opportunity to then say, right, I'm also going to throw some of this organic non-ad content at that same audience to mix things up a bit. And that's where a little boost can help. But you only see that audience menu appear once you've got Ads Manager set up. And I'm assuming just talking quickly about the, uh, the Facebook pixel here and how valuable that is on your site, does that still link into the boosted posts so if i say you had a thousand people in the past week that have been on my site and i've got a, an update i want to give out to them really quickly would that be a, a case of just doing a, a post or would you recommend like an ad there so in terms of linking your website to facebook the only way to do that is with pixel so mm. if you if you don't have the facebook pixel installed on your website and you hit boost you're basically giving the money to facebook and just hoping that something happens because there's no way of measuring it yeah. The thing is, as soon as you install the pixel on your site, you can actually see how many people went through from Facebook to your website. And then what you mentioned there is you can then say, actually, I'd like to show an ad to all the people who went to my website. Or what you could then do is boost to the people who went to your website. Yeah, because my thought was there, especially recently around the kind of the COVID thing and people maybe having closed their store for a while, if they're opening back up, they managed to do like a very quick boost to go out to a certain amount of people to say we are now open again as like a bit of a sponsored easy message to, to run but how effective that would be in terms of actual not necessarily conversions but you know value I don't, I don't know I mean it's a good way of doing it um, I would say though the problem is if you particularly if you've got a physical shop location the problem with using boost is it's not geographical so oh, okay. they do have a limit I think you can 
in Boost now, it's essentially a mini ads manager. I think you can now start to limit the boost. But to be honest, if you're going to bother with that, you may as well just make an ad because it's going to yeah. take you about as long. So I would say if you are going to boost and you've got a physical location, then remember to make sure you're only showing the ad to people who are realistically going to come and see you. Um, but the better opportunity may be to actually make an ad and target it around a specific area. So one of our clients, for example, we only show ads in his delivery region, which actually massively limits the number of people we can show the ads to. But at the moment, he's he's really making money on the fact that he's the only person delivering in that area. Yeah. So he's putting all of his ad budget into a very specific region, and it's working. I suppose but, this is a benefit of knowing what's working and not going for vanity mm. metrics. Once you see that result, you can then scale it as necessary. Yeah, exactly. Because comments and likes aren't aren't, aren't don't mean anything ultimately. They're no. not money in the bank. They're not profit. You can't tell your accountant how many likes you've got on a Facebook post because they don't care. <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't mean anything um, unless you're trying to be an influencer or you're growth hacking or doing something weird like that. Then vanity metrics ultimately don't don't ma- don't matter. And and for a lot of people uh, on Instagram, even likes have been hidden. It just says liked by a few faces and others. Only the post mm. author can see them. That's how little Facebook, or Instagram, sorry, are caring about these vanity metrics now. So I think, you know, particularly with people who don't understand social media, they often measure the success of a post based on the vanity metric. And I think that misunderstanding comes from the fact that they don't understand you can actually measure real things. So, for example, with Facebook Pixel, if you put that on your website, you can measure how many people fill in a lead gen form. Yeah. So you can measure how many people click a button. So, for example, if you've got to scroll to the bottom to take up an offer or you've got to watch a video, for example. So if you've got a YouTube video embedded on your website, you can tell how many people go to the page and then watch the video. You can actually get quite specific with the Facebook pixel tracking now. Um, And a lot of it is tracked automatically. Um, All of the triggering events that happen on your website feed back into Facebook and it's just sat there waiting for you to find. Um, yeah. That's something that we've done with one of our clients from an SEO point of view. My focus has been on growing them, and they're now getting about 1,500 hits a day. Um, conversion rate's kind of fairly low in terms of an e-commerce point of view just because of the, the product, but uh, we're getting a lot of leads through, and that's all now feeding into the Facebook pixel. So we're going to start doing um, advertising based on re, what's it called? retargeting. Retargeting, yeah. Sorry, uh, no, lookalike audiences. Right, that's okay, yeah. So go, right, a- anyone who's filled in the lead in the past you know, 180 days or whatever, is quite a big, it's quite a large amount there of just people emailing us, filling out kind of requests or, you know, brochures or whatever it is. So we're just going to try and do like quite broad, um, probably retargeting, but also lookalike audiences on on those people who have completed the lead rather than on a purchase, because it's a slightly bigger pool of people who still are an engaged, you know, body, so... Yeah, and I think, so lookalike audiences are really good. Um, Mm. You need about 100 interactions in your pixel before the lookalike audience will be accurate. So if you've got 100 form fills recorded or you've got 100 page visits or 100 add to baskets, that can be another one. People who've added but not checked out, that's a great lookalike audience. Um, So what you can then do is, as you say, you make the lookalike audience and you just select how big you want that audience to be. I would say for most small businesses, really one to two percent is enough. If you mm. go beyond that, you're kind. It, it's starting to 
the effectiveness is wearing off a little bit at that, at that stage, especially if you're only putting hundreds of events in. If you're putting tens of thousands of events in, because you can put up to 50,000 triggers into a lookalike audience, so if you're putting the tens of thousands in, then you can go as high as you want on that audience and it will happily find you people. But I would say if you're in the hundreds, then I would limit it to 1% or 2% max on the lookalike audience size. Yeah, I suppose people like ASOS or you know big brands like that who are getting millions of events a day, it's quite easy to then do a lookalike audience of that that is quite accurate. But for small yeah. businesses, it's about kind of being a bit more, a bit more kind of, I was testing it, I guess, and just seeing what works. Absolutely. Um, and Facebook sort of made those little changes now because when you make an ad, it now says learning when you launch an ad. Um, and then if you try and edit it, it gives you a slap on the wrist and says, really, if you edit this now, we're back to square one. Uh, and you generally, most people are having to leave that around a week to two weeks before the data comes through. So they're mm. kind of really wanting people to just leave the ads alone for a bit to let them gather some data so you can make informed choices rather than just your sort of gut reaction. Um, That's good. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely they're definitely adding a lot to the platform. Um, but I think in terms of the sort of boost versus ads topic, it, it, it does really come down to that call to action. And I think if you're if you're posting something and it's doing well, then make sure there's a call to action in there. Um, I think even if you're doing an organic post without the intention of boosting it or anything like that, make sure it's got some call to action in it. Even if it's just a give us a like or or like yeah, give us a like or a follow. Just it encourages someone to do something to mm. engage with you. So although the like the number of likes aren't important, the fact that someone has liked a post is useful in ads because you can then retarget those people later on. So you're building up an audience. Um, however, it shouldn't be the primary driver because it's not. it doesn't take much to like a post. However, to comment on a post, that's really good. Or uh, to say something like, you know, DM us for details or DM for, de you know, for, for the offer code or whatever. That can be mm. a good way of starting a conversation. So I would say if you make your post interesting to start with, that's always a good start. Make sure it's got a call to action on that's it. Always. Facebook and Instagram will then say, hey, this post is performing above average. Do you want to boost it? Now, that might be a good brand awareness post for you. It might be working really well and worthwhile doing. But similarly, you might say, well, actually, the content of that post, rather than boost it, I know this post reacts well with my audience. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that wording and that creative, the graphic or the video, and I'm going to make some ads. And I'm going to throw it out to maybe like three or four different audiences, different things, lookalikes, retarget, see what it is, and drive some more actual considered traffic with it. Um, and if you've got the budget, you could boost the post as well. There's lots of different things you can do, but it's it's sort of budget budget dependent, really, I feel. Yeah, and I think it's quite easy to get carried, not carried away, but to be overwhelmed by the amount of options there are available. But budget's quite an easy one to start as a limiter and go, well, I've got £100, what's the best way of spending this? Rather than going into it and saying, what can I do? Well, it's like, well, you know, if you've got a million pounds, 500 pounds or, or you know, 2,000 pounds, they're all going to be very different op like shopping list options there. So I think that's, it's been really clear for me in terms of the, the difference between the two. I've never really used, uh, personally, I have kind of boosted posts in the past, but it's good to know that that perhaps isn't the most effective strategy, especially around that kind of call to action side of things and, and how best to use that. So it's definitely something that I'll probably either look into more or get someone else to help me with because... It's, there's a lot of information there, it seems, to, to take in on the normal brain. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it is, there, there, there is a lot there. A business manager and ads manager is huge. There's a, yeah. Because you're using the same enterprise ads manager as ASOS, 
home base, you know, all of the big brands, you're using the same platform they are. Um, so you've got all of the complexity and all the functionality that comes with that, but you've also got the opportunity to reach the same people they reach. So well, I guess it's that kind of with great power comes great responsibility sort of thing. You can <laughs> you can go in there and really, really reach a lot of people, but you've really got to kind of do it ca- carefully to make sure you don't end up spending all your money. Yeah, um, start but also small. I would say, I mean, you, you can start with one or two pounds a day with, with yeah. Facebook ads. You really don't need more than that. Don't be tempted to, because Facebook preloads that number with a hundred pounds a day. <sighs> don't be just, you can honestly, we run campaigns for clients which are getting hundreds of percent ROI on one pound a day. Mad. And that audio, it works because it's a very specific audience. So yeah, don't don't feel like you're being priced out of it just because Facebook thinks you need <laughs> that. If you set it too low, Facebook will say, "I'm not running that ad. I need at least three pound fifty something to run the ad," and you have to nudge it up. And you make the call then whether you want to or not. But you know, you don't have to. It isn't a pay to play, hundreds and hundreds of pounds a day to 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 get going. So yeah, I think the best thing is start low test different creatives, see what works. And if you can't think of what works, then try and look at the posts that have done well and use those for inspiration for your creative. Brilliant. Well, that's really good. That's a good place to stop before we go too far into Facebook. Well, um, exactly, exactly. I think I think we've probably got another four or five episodes we can do on different Facebook <laughs> events. So, uh, so, yeah, come back soon for more of that. Okay. Yeah. Until Thank next you, time, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.